are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty hard loss for the team, particularly in the second half when Atlanta just shot lights out, but the Pelicans... Kind of let him do it. We'll take a look at that in the second segment. We're going to start with Zion because he was back from injury and oh, so good in this game. And I mean, it's Zion. We may as well call this lockdown Zion to a degree. So let's look at what he did in this game, how he did it too. And that's some of the most impressive stuff. Then we'll wrap up previewing tonight's game against the Brooklyn Nets. And while the Pelicans are banged up with various injuries, there is one for the Nets, but they're also... Getting someone back, kind of a key player for them. We'll preview that game in the third segment of today's show. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. So the Pelicans fall to the Atlanta Hawks, 123-107. Basically, you can sum this one up with Atlanta went 20 for 31. That's 64.5% from three. The Pelicans, by comparison, 12 of 38, 31.6%. Yeah, there's a big disparity right there. You're going to lose the game if that's the case. Eight more made threes than New Orleans. You know, kind of do the, do the math. But the Pelicans didn't really make this one easy on themselves, particularly in the second half. We'll get into that in the next segment because I want to focus on Zion because Zion was freaking awesome in this one. There's there's really no other way to put it. He's missed the past three games due to injury. So maybe a little bit, you know, not as well conditioned as you could be, though I don't think that's that big of a deal. Maybe a little bit rusty, whatever. Doesn't matter to him. He finished the night in 35 minutes with 34 points on 18 shot attempts, 9 of 10 from the uh, free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and 0 turnovers. He shot 12 of 18. He made two-thirds of his shots, 66.7%. This is absurd. This is absurd to be able to do. Tonight, or last night, was finally, finally, his 69th game of his career. He's not played 70 games. And this is what he's doing. The entire Hawks defense was keyed in on him. They tried doubling him early on. That's why you saw the Pelicans go to Steven Adams on the first play of the game. Show them that Adams can be a threat and make it so maybe they can't double Zion every time he gets the ball. They basically still did. And guess what? He still scored on them at will. Everyone knows what this dude is going to do, right? When he gets the ball. He goes left, even though he broke out a really nice in and out uh, right-handed dribble drive. Everyone knows what he's going to do. And they still can't stop him. But this is one of those games where they can try and make other people beat you too. The Hawks switched to a zone in the second half of this game. And it worked wonderfully effective. Really trying to take Zion out of this one. And the zone was working to a degree. Also, Zion tries to make the right play. He's not going to kind of be that selfish guy. Be like, I'm going to go through all these guys. I'm going to take on the zone and break it myself. He just isn't built like that. But... Probably needed to in this game. So he kicks it out. In the zone, you break it by shooting over it. 
and making them pay by not closing out or by kind of converging on the guy with the ball a little bit too much. There were open three-point shooters in the second half for New Orleans, and they couldn't make him pay. And because no one could shoot, and all that, all of a sudden, all of the ball movement left for New Orleans, they had a huge problem on this one. They only had eight assists in the second half. They were woeful when it comes to ball movement in the second half because no one else was really a threat. In the second half, the Pelicans scored 46 total points. Zion scored 18 of those 46 total points. James Johnson in 11 minutes in the second half, zero points. Steven Adams, nine minutes in the second half, zero points. Eric Bledsoe in 13 minutes in the second half, just six points. Najee Marshall, who actually had a good game, and I don't want to like crap on the dude, one point. Isaiah Thomas, two points. Jackson Hayes, six points. We'll get to that part in a second here. Um, a one do, one point. That's it, basically. No one else was able to kind of shoot or help or step up in the second half. And it led to, obviously, what we saw. At least Lonzo Ball had nine points, but he had a really rough shooting night overall, particularly in the first half. And this was one of those games where you don't have, you know, another scoring guy off the bench in Nikhil. You don't have Brandon Ingram there to help shoulder some of that scoring load that maybe breaks down that defense in that zone. And you're left with Zion doing his Zion things, but just not getting enough help anywhere else, at least offensively. Because you know what? Despite all of that three-point shooting for the Hawks, New Orleans probably could have really, really stayed in this one. And Zion finished the night, again, 34 points on 18 shots. That's, that's an insane percentage. Two-thirds of his shots went in. And he was 9 of 10 from the free throw line. You can't get much better than that. And in a way, even though I don't think that you know you were expected to beat the Hawks, this does feel a little bit like a letdown to some degree. Zion, by the way, per ESPN Stats and Info and our good friend Andrew Lopez of ESPN and ESPN.com. Zion, this is his 25th game with 20-plus points and shooting at least 50% from the field, tying him with Shaq for the most all-time in the shot clock era. History... Pretty good name to be be involved with there, tied to in terms of Shaq. And this wasn't even his 70th game. Oh my God, is there Zion? And is there anything he can't do? Like this dude is a very, very special basketball player. And now it's time for the Ultra Player of the Week, making his debut for your New Orleans Pelicans, a guy we were all very excited to see in this game last night, Isaiah Thomas. Coming in and at one point scoring eight straight points for New Orleans. He finished with 10 on the night. I don't care that he had a bad shooting night. This is a guy who's been dealing with a lot, right? Since that great run he had in Boston, playing the playoff game after the death of his sister, really then dealing with injuries, almost being out of the league and just wanting to get back in and having his chance. And he got it here in New Orleans. Seeing that guy go out there and play just makes you so happy. He's impossible not to root for. And he doesn't care if the team's winning or losing right now. He's just happy to be back playing basketball. Made an instant impact, at least in the first half, for your New Orleans Pelicans. As Michelob Ultra says, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And clearly this dude still loves playing basketball. And when you think about his story and what Michelob Ultra says, where it's enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole thing. He's just happy to be here, wants to contribute, prove he's still an NBA player, get his feet under him a little bit more. You can see the joy, the happiness, everything coming with it with Isaiah Thomas. He's only played one game. I don't care. He's already the ultra player of the week. And as Michelob Ultra says, are you happy? because you win or do you win because you're happy you know what at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories 
there's a pretty easy answer to all of that. Joy creates success. And again, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And that's why you've got Isaiah Thomas as the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be live on Locker Room Thursday. Normally do it Wednesday, but there's a game tonight. Instead, we're going to move it to Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. Changing the way we talk sports, the Locker Room app. You can get in on the action and talk to me. I've got questions for you about Lonzo Ball, about others here on the team, too. So I hope you join. We had a great turnout last time. These have been a lot of fun. We're going to get into some really great basketball discussion in tomorrow's live show. So make sure you download the Locker Room app and sign up and get ready to get in there with me at 6 p.m. Central Thursday tomorrow. I'll see you there. All right, so continuing to talk about the Pelicans' loss to the Atlanta Hawks, 123-107 again. The good was was Zion, right? Loved what we saw from him. Jackson Hayes, by the way, had a very good game in this one, I thought, in the limited minutes that he played. Also, leaving with an ankle injury. We'll probably get an update on that one in the future. He was 5 of 8 for 11.7 rebounds, and he's getting good defensively, and that should scare the rest of the NBA because the way he turns defense into offense by just corralling blocks and rebounds himself, and then basically taking one or maybe just two dribbles from end to end on the court, leading fast breaks and then being able to pass the ball should scare the living hell out of teams in the future when this guy actually, you know, puts things together. But he left with injury that was a bit disappointing to see and hopefully it's nothing really big. But the, pro- the Pelicans had problems defensively in this one, particularly in the second half. And when you kind of look at it, it is very concerning. Now, the Hawks, again, I think are a good team. Under Nate McMillan, they have been playing exceptionally good basketball, and you could argue that he should be in the coach of the year running. Um, they're up to fourth in the Eastern Conference, albeit now at 27 and 24. So it's not like they're lighting the world on fire in terms of record. But right now, they're 13 and four under Nate McMillan. There's something going on there. They also have a lot of offensive firepower, right? However, going into this game, they were 13th in the league when it comes to three-pointers made, shooting just 37%. It's not a huge, huge number. They don't take more threes than average. They're actually 16th in terms of three-pointers made in terms of field goal rate with that. This isn't like a hot Warriors-esque team, but they looked like a better version of the Warriors in last night's game, partially because the Pelicans were making it so damn easy on them. In the second half, they were running high pick and rolls. You had Trey Young with the ball, dribble, dribble, dribble. Some big sets a screen for him, usually on the right side of the court, top right, kind of high screen. And then he drove, the defense didn't know what to do, panicked, and eventually just found the open shooter. Like that's how it went. And the Pelicans gave them so much space to kind of do what they wanted. And they were eaten alive from three from this one. Kevin Herter hit three threes in this one. Bogdan Bogdanovich, five threes. Danilo Gallinari, three threes. You also had Lou Williams go two for two. And then, of course, Trey Young, six of seven, including one from the logo that just like, that's one where you just kind of shrug. And I'm, I'm not upset about it. But it's the other stuff and the breakdowns on defense that are concerning because the Pelicans tried a number of different things in this one. They played drop coverage to try and take away those drives to the rim. That really didn't do anything. They tried to trap and hedge. That didn't do anything either. They tried switching. That didn't do anything. Any type of defensive coverage they tried to play against the Atlanta Hawks didn't work you you would hope like something would slow them down right but but nothing did the Hawks were a perfect 11 for 11 from three in the third quarter and it's not like the Pelicans were making them sweat on those looks 
You know, I, I don't think it was just like, wow, well contested things. And those guys were just drilling shots in your faces. They were wide open. Those guys are not bad three point shooters overall. And so I think you're going to kind of run, you know, run into things with that. Danilo Gallinari shooting 40% from three this year. Bogdanovich, 38% from three this season. Um, Kevin Werder, 36% from three this season. The low man in this is Trey Young at 35.8, rounded up 36%. It's not like they're bad three-point shooters there. And the Pelicans were just giving them so much space. Now, most three-pointers, as I've told you all before, are open, right? Because you don't really take it if there's a dude right in front of you. But look, these were pretty clean and easy looks for the Hawks to take to the tune of they took so many more than they normally do because, well, not so many more, but they took more than they normally do because the Pelicans made it easy on them. The Hawks averaged 19 uh, three-point attempts per game. They took 31 in this one because there wasn't any pressure and there's no running them off the line or things like that. You know, when you look at those numbers, this wasn't so much just the Hawks were hot. What can you do? The Pelicans' defense and lack thereof really played a factor into it. And this is what's going to hold the team back, right? They still put up 107 in this game. Their offense wasn't bad other than really kind of struggling in the second half to kind of get some rhythm, but they were really good in the beginning. And if they could have figured out that zone to a a minuscule degree, you have to feel kind of good that maybe the Pelicans could have... Uh, figured it out and played uh, to the point where that they could have won if they had also just played like a little bit of defense and slowed the Hawks down. And that's what's kind of disappointing about a game like this. Like, no, they they could have definitely done better than what they what they were seeing out there, particularly offensively and defensively. And just not making them sweat whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I don't like that. You've at least got to make them work for it to some degree. And you didn't see any of that any of that in the second half from the Pelicans. And at that point, you know, you've got to pack it in knowing there's a game tonight against a really good team. And you've got to kind of be ready for that one. So just kind of one of those things, but they've got to figure it out defensively because they're so close to trying to get into the play in tournament and look, getting into the play in tournament, which isn't quite the postseason, but maybe the postseason. Uh, I've seen it called uh, from the Pelicans, the postseason play in tournament that they want that. So they're clearly going to go for it. But there is some merit to the idea of taking your time with players. Don't rush them back because this draft is really good in increasing your lottery odds to, you know, get swept by the at the expense of getting swept by the Jazz in the first round. Whoever ends up with the one seed, probably the Jazz. I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing, you know. So I, I'm not saying they should do it either. I don't have a problem with them trying to compete. I'd like to see winning basketball in a playoff series, even if they get bounced out. Getting two home games would be a whole lot of fun. I do think that would matter for these young guys too. But if you're seeing defense like this, you're, you're not going to get there. Like you're not. Not when you don't put any pressure on the Hawks whatsoever. So that is something they're going to need to figure out because it doesn't get any easier tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll preview that game coming up here in just a second. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Look, if you're eating a protein bar, whether it's before or after a workout, maybe you just eat one at work as a meal replacement for lunch or have one in the morning just to kind of get something, you know, for breakfast. You don't need to eat the ones that taste terrible. Like life's not worth it, right? Like enjoy yourself a little bit. And Built Bar really is the best tasting protein bar ever. We can list all of the delicious flavors. They just did a March Madness bracket on it. You're going to read that bracket and be like, wow, I want to try all of these. And guess what? All of them are that 
good, whether it's the toffee almond, the peanut butter, double chocolate, mint brownie, which basically just tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream, lemon almond, cheesecake, cookies and cream. We could go on and on and on. These things are delicious. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're not like dense like a brick. They're not going to hurt if you throw it at someone like some protein bars would. They're just great for the health conscious person that's looking to lose or maintain weight while eating something delicious. They're in low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And if you want to give them a try, go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Plus, MLB is back. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. That's free money. It's like you've already won a bet and all you did was sign up, make your first deposit and use promo code locked on over at bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget live show on the locker room app tomorrow, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. Download the locker room app from the iOS store. They don't have it for Android just yet, but if you have an Android, just borrow a friend's phone or something like that. Download the app, sign up and be ready to go at 6 p.m. Central because you're going to get to talk to me. I'm going to get to talk to you. And most importantly, I'm going to ask you questions because I want to hear what you all have to say about this team. You guys hear me talk every day. It's my turn to listen to you. So I've got questions I want to ask everyone. I can just bring you on the stage. You can talk. It's a whole lot of fun. We had a great room last time. So download the app, sign up, be ready to go at 6 p.m. Central tomorrow. So on the second night of a back-to-back, the Pelicans travel to Brooklyn to take on the East Leading Nets. Fun. The Brooklyn Nets have the best record, tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference alongside the Philadelphia 76ers, the the second best record basically in the NBA in terms of wins. And guess what? They're getting Kevin Durant back. He's likely going to play tonight. Of course, that's how it's going to go for New Orleans. Um, The good news is James Harden is going to be out. He's out with a right hamstring injury. He's going to be out for at least a week, at least 10 days, if not a little bit longer than that. They still got Kyrie Irving. They still have Kevin Durant. Durant averaging 29 points, 7 and 5. You got Kyrie Irving, who's averaging 28, you know, cool 5 and 6. Yeah, Durant shooting 43% from deep, looking like he was never injured before. You also have Kyrie, who's shooting 39% from deep. What do you guys want me to say? Like, there's nothing to say here. You know, hopefully Zion's not a little bit too tired. We don't know if B.I. will be going tonight or not. We'll see. I'm assuming Jackson Hayes isn't going to play, though I don't have an update on his injury yet. We did get some updates officially on... Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Nikhil's got his ankle injury. He's going to be evaluated in two more weeks, and then they'll kind of see what his time frame for returning is. Josh Hart had successful surgery. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. I don't know if we'll see him again this year. We'll see. At that point, you know, the season's only got about five, six weeks left. You're really pushing towards the end of the year. And is that important to bring a guy like Josh Hart back? Depending on, it might depend on where you are in playoff contention or for the 10th spot, something like that. We'll also probably get updates on um, Kyra Lewis Jr. tomorrow. They, they could use him and just a little bit more depth off the bench. And hopefully we get a good prognosis from Jackson Hayes, which as I'm recording, this is not out just yet. 
I don't know. Enjoy whatever Zion's going to do, which I would assume is going to be a whole lot because no one is able to stop him. But it's not like we really need to preview the Nets. They're really, 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 really good. Basically, like everything they do, for the most part, is good. They're not great defensively, but they've been improving in that area and we've seen they can turn it on when they need to. I'd be willing to bet they're at least going to be a little bit ready for Zion and psyched to play Zion and try and slow him down to some degree. So, yeah, there you go. I don't, uh, I don't have high hopes for for this one, but I like watching Zion play, so works for me. So I hope you do as well. Probably you do. You probably do if you're listening to the show. Let's be perfectly honest here. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans, both the good and the bad from the loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.